Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, now odds are it's not going to snow in most of Georgia. Well, especially if it doesn't snow, y'all won't have a white Christmas. Sorry about that. But how about a green Christmas? Well, we'll hear suggestions for a wonderful, sustainable holiday season that will not only help reduce waste, but it won't harm the environment. And also, we'll talk about what to expect with perhaps a potential increase in COVID-19 cases and other respiratory viruses. All that's just ahead, but first we begin with this. An alarming review from a bipartisan investigation into sexual abuse of women in federal prisons was revealed during a Senate hearing today. For the last eight months, Georgia Senator and Chairman John Ossoff and the Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations conducted the probe. Now, the following clip contains descriptions of sexual abuse. It is about 36 seconds long. The subcommittee has found that Bureau of Prisons employees sexually abused female prisoners in at least two-thirds of federal prisons that have held women over the past decade. We found that BOP has failed to prevent, detect, and stop recurring sexual abuse, including by senior prison officials. At FCI Dublin in California, for example, both the warden and the chaplain sexually abused female prisoners. We found that BOP has failed to successfully implement the Prison Rape Elimination Act, or PREA. Now, others who testified told the committee sexual misconduct, detection, and accountability was immediately needed. In other news, Georgia's Secretary of State office has received a subpoena from Special Counsel Jack Smith, who's investigating former President Donald Trump, as we continue to hear from Susanna Capilouto. Special Counsel Jack Smith was appointed last month to oversee the Justice Department investigation into the presence of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. He's also overseeing a separate probe into the January 6th insurrection and Trump's various efforts to overturn 2020 election results. That includes the now-famous phone call Trump made to Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, asking him to, quote, find roughly 12,000 votes. Raffensperger's office confirmed receipt of the subpoena, but had no further comment. Subpoenas were also issued in other states last week that, like Georgia, so efforts to overturn 2020 election results. Susanna Capoluto, WABE News. And the Motor and Group AAA says it expects more Georgians than ever to travel this end-of-the-year holiday season, as we hear from Molly Samuel. AAA is estimating around 3.5 million Georgians will take a trip of more than 50 miles between December 23rd and January 2nd. The group says that would be way more than previous years. The forecast says about 90% of all travel will be on the roads, with the busiest day projected to be December 23rd during evening rush hour. 
Meantime, expect airports to be busier than in past years, too, as flying is expected to tick up. Atlanta's Hartsville-Jackson Airport pretty much has a standing notification on social media to arrive two hours early for flights. Molly Samuel, WABE News. And note to Rose, do not travel December 23rd. Finally, the city's traditional peach drop is coming back to the underground Atlanta venue this New Year's Eve. Yay! That's after a three-year-long hiatus because of the pandemic. Now, city council officials say Live Nation will provide the talent and an event production team for the festival. Of course, admission to the festival has always been free to the public. The mayor's office should release more information about the event in the coming weeks. And let's just say this. Years ago, when I was a member of the WAB newsroom, and I covered the peach drop, covered it for a lot of lot of times, and when they booked the classic rock group Kansas, I'm just saying, yeah, <laughs> I like Kansas. They're all right, but, you know, it wasn't like Janelle Monet, but it was, you know, I'm just saying, so I hope <laughs> folks are listening. <laughs> and on that note, as we flow into asking you to help us, because that's what we do on this day, let me just take a few moments to tell you my apologies to all the Kansas fans. And I interviewed the guy from Kansas. He was cool, but it's like, y'all got like three songs. Anyway, but Kansas is not like a New Year's Eve band that you hear, right, bro? Yeah, I, well, not, I mean, I've seen Kansas. I saw on purpose? Ka- yeah, I was they were opening for Emerson Lake and Palmer years ago. Okay. Um at Lakewood. I look, I'm just saying when it comes to New Year's Eve and you want to rock out, I'm not sure Kansas. Not top of our list. Right. They are the Dust in the Wind group, right? They sing Dust in the Winds at the, the don't they sing that? I don't know. Anyway, someone will know. Uh we're now 86% <laughs> of the way finished with the member drive making these the final hours of the F22 member drive. Now, when you make a year-end gift to help fund programs like Closer Look, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a $1,000, get this, Delta Airlines gift card. As you just heard, there's a lot of traveling, so you can use it next year. The drawing is for everyone, like you, right now, who makes a donation during Closer Look. And it's easy to do. WABE.org slash donate. Joining me now with more, our WABE politics reporter, if you haven't heard him laugh, Raul Bali. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. You, Didn't know you were a Kansas fan. Not, not really. I was there more for e, for for ELP. Yeah, but, but still. Um, but speaking of travel, mm-hmm. I'm traveling at the end of the week, so looking forward to that. And traveling Delta and thousand dollars goes a long way, you know. So if you want to get in on that drawing, six seven eight five five three nine zero nine zero. You know, we're here at the end of the year, and, and when you donate money now, it helps us plan for 2023. You know, for our coverage down at the state capitol. And actually, I just came from the state capitol. Do you see what I have in my hand, Rose? I have WABE has seven credentialed reporters at the state capitol for the upcoming session, including Sam Greenglass and I, who are down there every day. But we're going to have a whole team of reporters covering different issues down there. And, and that's what your donation does to support us. And think about all the other great stories that you've heard on WABE. You know, back in July, all things considered, you know, the simple joys of riding a bike. I love riding our, a bike. Our family took up biking during COVID, and mm-hmm. we still do. We we love Swanee Greenway, Big mm-hmm. Creek Greenway. I did the Georgia 400 path for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Look at you. That that, that hill's no joke, by the way. That 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 Those are some of the great stories you hear here on WABE. So, and those t- stories take time, they take energy, 
whether it's sending seven reporters to the state capitol, all things considered, doing that rich piece on biking. So those donations you've made in the past helped us do those stories. We're looking for your gift. We hope you'll help join us on our mission here. Um, That gift card. You know, for $1,000, you get in on that drawing, wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thank you much. My name is Betsy Rain Miner, and I live in Roswell, Georgia. I enjoy Rose Scott's questions. She encourages her guests to think and answer difficult questions in a really kind way and I like the way that she draws answers out of people and conducts some really compelling interviews. Thank you so much for your support of Closer Look, Betsy. And, and when you talk about those interviews, like the one interview that pops into my head immediately oh, is goodness. Vincent Fort, who was running against David Scott and, and you know, Rose asked the questions that that needed to be asked. You know, it's it's not you know a softball interview. Listen to earlier this week, Mary Louise Kelly with Newt Gingrich. Mm-hmm. You know, a masterclass on on interviewing. Again, it's your support that helps us do that kind of work. Both on support what NPR does and support what Rose does here at WABE. Your donation is what makes it all happen. I hope you'll go. Whether it's a monthly gift or a one-time gift at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. Thank you so much. And also keep in mind, folks, it takes a team. You know, we're small but mighty. I say this a lot. It takes a team. My producers, Daniel and LaShawn and Pat St. Clair and Kevin who rides a bike. You know, and all the producers, you know, past and present and future. You know, it takes a lot. So we rely on your gift to pay for programs like closer look and far away we know the largest source of our funding comes from in and around metro atlanta so i'm asking you take a moment to lend some of your help to your own for your own good because we think you like us at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-99 and as always thank you so much when you include wabe on your gift list this december we'd like to send you a thank you gift as well Choose from an array of thank you gifts, including a subscription to the New York Times, the new Amplifying Atlanta mug, or the iconic WABE tote bag. Plus, your year-end gift will continue to power WABE through 2023. See all of our thank you gifts for yourself at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. Got a listener that says, Rose, I like Kansas. Of course you do. (laughs) And I'm happy for you. And I like Kansas. I am the daughter of a musician. I I, I know good music. I'm just saying, y'all, for the last time, Kansas is not the band to rock out to on New Year's Eve. That's all I'm saying. I I don't think they ever did Dick Clark's show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what I do want? One other thing I, I, I forgot to mention is... Your donation can be matched by your employer. And if you want to figure out if your your company or your organization does that, go to wabe.org slash match. Scroll down to, to find your employer's name. That's another way that your money can go so much further for what we do here at WABE. You know, your, your team and what they do, you guys do on Closer Look every single day. Not once a week, every 
single day. Just like we're going to be down, our team that's going to be down at the state capitol every single day for the 40 days. So, again, if you want to find out about gift matching, wabe.org slash match. And remember now, when you donate right now, your name is being entered into a drawing to win a $1,000 Delta Airlines gift card. That is pretty cool because we are in the final hours of the fundraiser. So please help us support the program you love and give a year-end gift right now at wabe.org slash donate. I love this music. I, I, I changed my tone. Give us a call, 678-553-9090. And happy holidays from WABE. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. little Chet Baker for y'all. We are, of course, not that far away from that big day. You know what the big day is. Christmas. And for those that celebrate and those that have been out, finding a tree. We talked about it yesterday, how to find a the perfect Christmas tree, how to have a sustainable Christmas tree environment, all that good stuff. We're going to continue our conversation because as you think about it, how you and your family will celebrate this holiday, you may be wondering how to save money and minimize waste. Now, according to the Environmental Protection Agency, between Thanksgiving through New Year, Americans throw out, wait for it, 25% more waste. Talking to you all out there, not me. So to put that into perspective, the holiday waste surge equals to about 1 million extra tons of trash Every year. And I'm a I'm a big fan of we don't need wrapping paper. Just give the gift. OK, because the wrapping paper is a big part of that. But anyway, environmental experts say small changes in how you eat, shop, the lights you use for decorations and the kind of Christmas tree you purchase can all benefit the environment. And no one knows this more than my next guest. It's Megan Whitehead. She's a program and affiliate support manager at the Keep Georgia Beautiful Foundation. Megan, welcome. Thank you, Rose. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Now, I'm going to get emails saying, Rose, you don't want us to buy wrapping paper. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But let's back up a little bit. Tell our listeners about Keep Georgia Beautiful Foundation. Yeah, um, so we are a state affiliate of our national organization, Keep America Beautiful, and Keep America Beautiful started in 1953 uh, with the main purpose of focusing on litter. With with the uh, introduction of the highway system in the U.S., all of a sudden, there was an introduction in street litter um, and by by the masses. So they worked on uh, PSAs to try to fo- get get Americans uh, to not throw litter out their trash, uh, and sorry, throw, throw trash out mm-hmm. their windows um, and to, to clean up around their communities. Um, 
But then they decided they needed more boots on the ground mm -hmm. to do to do those efforts and to really make an impact. So um, they created the first state, I'm sorry, first local affiliate, which was in Macon. Uh, so Georgia has a wonderful history with Keep America Beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and they started in 1974. And then in 1978, we came along, uh, Keep Georgia Beautiful, and we were not called Keep Georgia Beautiful Foundation at the time, but we started uh, as the one of the first state affiliates to help support the local affiliates. Um, so nationally, there are 700 affiliates uh, mm. that are doing wonderful work. Um, and in Georgia, we have over 70 affiliates. Some of them are housed in local government, some are nonprofits, and some are a hybrid of the two. But our mission is to educate and inspire Georgians every day to take action to improve and beautify their community. So that, that's the heart. Meg, let me ask you this, because how, do, how does an organization like yours and other organizations may have a different assessment? But, you know, listen, I remember, and I'm aging myself, remember that, that PSA commercial where the, the, the person portraying the Native American, uh, there was all this, this trash, I think it was in somewhere in New York, one of the rivers. And from then on, we were taught, we were taught about the importance of keeping our land beautiful. And we were yes. taught the importance of not littering. And how do you measure, I guess, human behavior in this area when it comes to, you know, being, quote, eco-friendly and all that. How do you measure that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that that um, campaign was actually a Keep America Beautiful campaign. Um, it was. And it wow, was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that had a huge impact on how we perceived the, what, what was going on around us. Um, but Keep America Beautiful, and then it translates down down to the local affiliates. We are we look at the behavior change, mm -hmm. and so there actually is a behavior change model. Um, it looks at infrastructure, it looks at economy, it looks mm -hmm. at what people are doing, and and are they doing it because there's not infrastructure in place, or are they doing it because they just get into this habit and oh somebody else is going to come along and and pick it up for me. Mm -hmm. So. That's ever, ever changing. There's psychologists that work nationally with Keep America Beautiful to, to really dig deep into that question. Why why are we doing what we're doing? Um, and how can we help change change our views? And a lot of it comes with incentives and mm -hmm. and helping education where education is the key. So we're, our goal is to get into to the schools and get into communities and just look at what their needs are, because if their needs are vast and they have some big obstacles, they're not going to really worry about mm -hmm. litter on the ground. But to, how, to see how that affects our health, how that affects our economy, how that affects us just wanting to get out and enjoy the outdoors, which has a huge positive effect. Um, so that really it, it's it's ongoing, but, but incentivizing um, communities, helping to create good volunteer forces to get out there and help clean up. If you see your neighbor out there picking up, you're more likely to go up and out and pick up mm -hmm. out with them, ownership, et cetera. I remember reading something, and it might have been uh, last year, about landfills. Basically, the message was, we're running out of space. And I thought, mm -hmm. wow. Because, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it almost half or nearly half of the trash? It's just, it just stays, it's not going to, it's not biodegradable, correct? It's just going to be there. It, it is just going to be there. And and so speaking to those who create items and, and ship packages and everything, how can we create things that are recyclable mm -hmm. um, or at least compostable, things that are going to break down? Because there's a lot of things you are correct. There's a lot of things that are in our landfills that are not going to break mm. down or they're not going to break down anytime soon. It's going to take 
hundreds and thousands of years. Um, so we need to really think critically about our current situation, but even mm -hmm. more critically about the future. Let's begin with the Christmas tree. And we talked about this yes. a little bit yesterday. You all actually have a tree rice recycling program. It's, I love it. Bring one for the chipper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we are, I believe, and I'm, somebody may correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we are still uh, the largest Christmas tree recycling program in the nation. Um, and we started in 1991 when there, when there really wasn't a good curbside uh, recycling program. I think now a lot of communities will do curbside pickup and Boy Scouts, of course, are always a, a wonderful partner and they will go out and round up as far as the fundraiser. Um, but nine, in 91, we started that program just to give folks an option to do something with their trees. So, um, Today, we have over 150 locations that will be up. Uh, we have our, our, our tripper locations on our website, which is kgbf.org. Mm -hmm. And you can look at look at for a location countywide. But you have options. You can bring your tree to a chipping site mm -hmm. and get, get it chipped. You can get free mulch oftentimes from those sites. A Davy expert, tree experts help us chip uh, locally in the metro area at the Home Depot sites. Um, but some affiliates choose to put their trees in lakes for, for fish habitat. Sometimes they'll put, put, really? put in forests hmm. mm -hmm, for wildlife habitat or sometimes used for alternative fuel, fuel sources. So there's a lot of great ways to give your tree another life, which is wonderful. I have a question here from a listener. What happens if to Christmas trees if they aren't recycled properly? I mean, I've, I've seen folks put their tree out. I'm not going to name any names, neighbor, um, <laughs> old neighbor. Uh, on the, <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of friends today, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> put them out, you know, on the side for, you know, the city to pick up. And I'm like, you know, yeah. and I don't want to be that lady in the neighborhood that writes the anonymous note. You know better than that. You know, I'm not saying I've done that. I'm just saying there are folks on my street. But what happens to a, a Christmas tree if it isn't? properly recycled well it, it depends on what what the code enforcement regulations are in sure. the community but but one of the dangers that they're not properly recycled if they're just left out on the tree it's going to attract critters um so that that could be a, a hazard for homeowners that could be a hazard for the for the animals that mm -hmm. say oh this is a nice wonderful home but now i'm close to the roadways sure. and, and i'm going to get hit by cars so um the best thing to do is if you do see trees, I mean, with a natural tree that doesn't have any flocking on it and, mm -hmm. and is not, not a fake tree and doesn't have the ornaments and lights, that tree will eventually rot. Mm. Um, so, but, but you, you don't, you don't want to leave it there. And I know some folks will say, well, you know, I, you know, I'm going to save a tree by not purchasing a live tree. I'm going to buy an artificial one. But folks need to know too. Now, if we're all in this space about, you know, where we get our goods from, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, if not 75% or more artificial trees come from China, correct? Or maybe I'm not China? exactly sure on that statistic, but but like most things, I think a lot of a lot of the trees. Do and then the material that they're made with, some say, could be harmful to the environment. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot, yeah. but these no, are things no. for people <laughs> to to think about. Yeah, th these are things for you to you to think about. Um, there there are some trees that that you can search into and, and see if you can find a, a better quality um tree that that's that's a fake tree that you can possibly recycle bits bits if not the whole on but you you will be left with the product that you've got to do something with mm -hmm. um if you buy if you buy a fake tree and oftentimes fake trees end up in the landfill flocking trees trees even live trees that have the flocking 
Mm-hmm. That that is that is a that is a hazard. It's a hazard for animals. It's a hazard for chipping. If you bring a, a tree that has flocking on it, whether fake or or real, and and please do not bring a, a fake tree to a chipping site. Um, but yeah, that that's going to clog up the chipper. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks really pretty, but I. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of, of flock trees, um, but if you do purchase a tree that is that is fake and and there's there's some there's some reasons for doing that, um, but make sure that you've got a a, a thought process mm-hmm. of how you might be able to recycle parts of that tree. Um, sometimes there's some hard to recycle drives that happen with lights. If you can take the lights off and and recycle those, um, if you can take the metal off and recycle that. Um, but the the plastic is there's there's only limited ways you can do mm. recycling with 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 the trees. So just just thinking through very 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 much in detail about what you can do with with the tree that you've got. And there's there's even some alternate alternatives. If you don't want to buy a, a pre-manufactured tree, if you don't want to go out and get a real tree for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you can create a tree with plastic bottles that can be recycled. You can create it. You can make a tree with paper. Mm-hmm. You can do. You can find other items to to make make one that's reusing, and then you have items that you can absolutely recycle later on. And Megan, before we let you go, I have a listener who wants to know, do you all, um, can you take uh, these reefs? Uh, I have a huge wreath rose. Can I also take that to the wood chipper? It's, it's a, a technically we, a live we, wreath. I don't know if they're like, <laughs> how do you have a live we, we, wreath? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most, I and mean, some wreaths are, are, are live, but a lot of those wreaths have the metal that you cannot get off. So um, check with your local affiliate. Again, we had the listing on our website, kgbf.org, with the locations, but most most do not encourage wreaths, although some will have some hard to recycle options. But the most important thing is if you're bringing a tree, do not bring it with any lights or ornaments on it because lights and ornaments cannot go through the chipper. And speaking with Matt uh, Bowman yesterday, and he talked about that folks don't may not understand is that it takes years from when you plant to grow a tree to a size that, you know, can be used for purchase. It can take, what, seven to eight years. So when you consider that and then you consider, you know, the nation's tree supply, what concerns right. you as we move into the future about the supply of our trees here? Well, it, it's very interesting. I mean, we, we never know what the future is going to hold, but um, there are nearly 350 million Christmas trees on, on, on a good year grown in the U.S. So it is a local resource. Mm-hmm. And for every tree that's harvested, one to three seedlings are planted in its place. So it is a renewable a renewable source in and of itself. So I, I'm in favor of, of, of real trees. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my father is, a, a, is, is in horticulture and, and he, he's, he loves trees and tre- trees are going to grow and they're going to, they're going to get harvested and they're going to eventually die and get replaced by new trees. Um, but we need to, we need to make sure that what we're, if we do take a tree out wherever it is, for whatever reason that we are replacing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's how we're going to keep, keep our trees around. And how is Georgia doing overall when it comes to recycling and, and keeping our, our, not just the land, but our, our waterways. I mean, we've had some efforts here and around the Atlanta mm-hmm. area, I think of Proctor Creek, to clean up some of these waterways. And, and obviously we, we all always hear about, you know, keeping the hooch <laughs> free and clear yes. of litter. <laughs> clean up the hooch, the Tattahoochee River. Yeah. How are we doing overall in Georgia? 
we're actually making some really good efforts. I don't have any um, hard statistics, but there are a lot of great organizations. Our affiliate network, we have uh, Rivers Alive that does the fall waterway cleanups across the state for all of Georgia's waterways. Um, our, our affiliates do cleanups year round. Um, we, we're partnered with the Georgia Recycling Coalition. So there's a lot of great organizations that are all in the same boat. They're working at it from different angles, mm -hmm. but we're all in the same boat to do to do what we can and and the volunteers that come out, the community volunteers that come out and take ownership of, of their area is is invaluable. It really is. I have a listener that says also for parents, if you can find a, a toy, toys that do not have batteries, I'm like, ooh, there we go. Hey, not bad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Megan Whitehead, the program and affiliate support manager at the Keep Georgia Beautiful Foundation. We're talking about the importance of having a very sustainable and very green holiday season with trees and reefs and all that. Thank you so much. Good conversation. Happy Thanks, holidays. Rose. Happy holidays to you too. Bye-bye. And you know, it's conversations like the one we just had, Raul. Now, coming up in just a few moments, we're going to talk about something else that's very important during this time of year. It's how do we maybe keep down new COVID 19 and other respiratory viruses from popping up? We're in that season, right? You know, obviously, we're all still dealing with COVID and you've got you know, flu season and these other viruses. So, these are the types of conversations that we have. Every day, I call them quality of life conversations. And in these final hours of our fundraiser, we're asking you to, you know, help us out a little bit if you appreciate these quality of life conversations. And we got a good reason why, because we're giving away a thousand dollar Delta Airlines gift card. So please, it's real easy. Take a moment to give at WABE.org slash donate. I'm joined by our politics reporter, Raul Bali. And you can get in on that drawing by calling 678 Five five three ninety ninety, and and it is stories like that. And you know the the great thing is a lot of that information we know some of this information, but there may be other things we don't know, like the wreath information. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, you may not have thought about those metal things. And and you there was one one disease you didn't mention with me having little kids RSV. Yeah, we talked um, about that though with uh, Doctor Andy Shane. Yeah. And uh, you know. We're kind of watching for all of these as, as as parents. You know, we we had three birthday parties this weekend, mm. and in the back of my mind, I'm like, "What are we doing <laughs> here?" But yeah, flu, RSV, and and again, a lot of this information is information. You Nobody, know, you get a reminder or you get a little gem or nugget from our great interviews that that we do here, and that's what helps us here at WABE to do that kind of research with again our small teams, but we're able to. To, to get that information, we have a great health reporter in Jess Mador mm -hmm. who's been doing you know amazing coverage on 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 all of these challenges. So again, if you want to help us out and, and support our mission here, 678-553-9090 or wabe.org slash donate. You know, Raul, so much has happened this year and WAB was there to tell you what it meant. And I, and I tell you this all the time. I told you and Sam, the reporting from our WABE politics team, I, I just stellar. I even said this on some national and international uh, programs that I was on. You know, you all kept listeners informed, not just with sound bites but you would come on the program and you would sort of take it even further and let our listeners know what lawmakers were doing what was happening on the campaign trail so all of that was so important and you know what i want to ask folks look when you think about hey i want to map out our future plans for next year 
Well, hopefully WABE is a part of that by you making a financial help today. Please lend a help. Please lend a hand with a year end gift at WABE.org slash donate or call. Do it the old fashioned way. 678-553-9090. And thank you. Trying new things can be scary, like finally signing up for that improv class or putting spinach in your smoothie. Come on, you can do it. Well, you don't have to slurp liquid vegetables to try something new. Whether you just got into public radio or you've been with us for years, listening to this station as a member is a whole new kind of listening. So don't be afraid. Here's how to donate. It's real easy. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. Now, think about making a gift to WABE the same way you would to a friend or a relative. WABE is always here for you, and your one-time gift will really help us right now. And again, that $1,000 Delta Airlines gift card. Raul, now you have a family, so you can't just take off by yourself, but where would you go? If you were leaving today with the family, you can't go by yourself. Now. I can tell you where we're going at the end of the week. Where are y'all going? We're going to Argentina Ooh. and going to Galapagos. Wow. Once in a lifetime trip. It's going to be amazing with the kids and the wife. And yes, that's where we're going to next. It's going to be so cool. I mean, honestly, it's just, it's one of those cool, cool trips that you're like, I'm going to go one day and we're, we're doing it. Wow. If I were leaving, to, if I was leaving on a jet plane, if I was leaving today, right now, like right after the program. Mm-hmm. I would go to Portland, Maine, because I've always wanted to go to Portland, Maine, and it's just a beautiful place. I have friends up there, and I've always wanted to visit, and I want to get an authentic lobster roll, because apparently I can't get one here in Atlanta. At least that's what everyone is telling me, so I'd go to Portland, Maine. Maine, not, not as exciting as Argentina. No, no, but, but Maine is <laughs> Maine is one of the states in America. But that I've was not for today. To. Now yeah, I have some today. other future plans. But anyway, folks, think about making a gift to WABE the same way you would to a friend. That's yeah. all we're saying. Six seven eight five five three ninety nine or online at wabe.org slash donate. And I want to take a moment to thank the people who've already called. Teresa from Decatur, who's given us a call to, to support us. Thank you so much. Because again, it helps us support the work we're doing here. Also, some we've gotten calls. From Tem- uh, from Canton, Alpharetta, and the new city of Mableton, um, the o- the only cityhood that passed. Yeah. Of- <laughs> we had so many cityhood stories, and, and only one of them makes it. It's Mableton. But again, thank you so much. You can help us out at six seven eight five five three ninety ninety or wabe.org slash uh Listen to me. Try this again. W-A-B-E dot org slash donate. You can do it, Raul. And remember now, (laughs) you'll be entered into a drawing to win that $1,000 Delta Airlines gift card. Again, as Raul said, W-A-B-E dot org slash donate or 678-553-9090. And thank you. And Closer Look continues from WABE here in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Now, we know, obviously, we're all still dealing with COVID-19, but it is the flu season. And then there's other respiratory viruses that, you know, we all have to be concerned about. So recently, I spoke with Dr. Barbara Mann. She's deputy chief of the Enteric Disease Epidemiology Branch at the CDC. She's also a pediatrician and epidemiologist. And we began our conversation talking about how far the nation has come since 2020. 
We're clearly in a different phase of COVID-19. It's not the disruptive threat that it once was, but that certainly doesn't mean that COVID is over. And, you know, schools and businesses are open and people are getting back to their more normal routines more safely. And really importantly, we have the tools to prevent most uh, COVID deaths and severe illnesses. So we really all need to keep doing our part, including by getting an updated vaccine this winter and getting treated if, if we get sick or uh, and are at high risk. You know, but at the same time, it's it, it, the virus isn't the same issue it once was. And mm-hmm. so we really can move forward safely. I want to talk about that because last year this time there was concerns about the new variants leading to an increase in cases. How did the nation fare, though, Dr. Mann, during the winter season, which ended obviously earlier here in 2022? How, how did we get through that? Yeah. Well, you know, for the last two winters, so the winter of uh, – 2020 to 2021 and winter of 2021 to 2022, we have had big surges of COVID-19 that really stressed our healthcare system with a lot of people getting really sick, um, a lot of deaths, and um, you know, really a, a huge challenge to, to the nation and to all of our communities. This year, um, we are um, watching carefully to see what's going to happen. Um, we do expect that um, new variants are going to continue to occur, um, and um, we also know that uh, respiratory viruses typically do increase in the fall and the winter, mm-hmm. um, and so we would not be at all surprised if we had an increase in COVID-19 this winter, along with some of the other respiratory viruses that are you know, getting back more towards their normal circulation, like RSV and influenza that mm-hmm. have also been in the news. So. Um, we're we're watching carefully. We're concerned. We really are encouraging people to get their flu vaccine, to get their their updated COVID vaccine, and um, to um, get tested and get treated if they get sick and are in high risk groups because there are medicines that can treat both flu and COVID. Let's talk about messaging for a moment because obviously you're you all leading been leading the charge in terms of getting the message out. We know about concerns of, of conflicting messages, not only from the CDC, but then also maybe what public health departments were saying and then what some folks were saying from Washington, D.C. And it was it was just a lot of folks saying a lot of different things. But now as we get into heading to the winter break, what is your hope that local health departments will also be reiterating this message? I mean, I just did a story not too long ago where we talked about the health departments encouraging Georgians here to get vaccinated and to be mindful. Are you seeing that health departments got to be crucial in this messaging? State health departments. Yeah, state health departments and local health departments are, they're really, they're the engine. They're where the rubber meets the road. And um, they're so important to keeping um, people safe uh, and healthy. And so um, we, the, the, the messages about you know, getting vaccinated for flu and, and the updated vaccine for COVID. Um, they're just the basic everyday um, health and hygiene practices like hand washing, like um, improving ventilation, um, you know, air filtration when mm-hmm. gathering indoors, like um, avoiding contact with people who are ill, um, getting tested if you do get ill and you need it. Um, we think uh, th- those um, messages can really help people get through the winter safely and uh, keep their loved ones safe. And um, uh, I think health departments are um, on board with with uh, those um, messages about vaccination 
testing mm-hmm. and everyday measures to keep yourself well. It is my understanding that to better help forecast the potential COVID-19 rates that you all, folks like you, you always seem to turn a watchful eye to what's happening in Europe. Why is that? Well, um, the we watch what's happening all over the world. So we watch what's happening in Europe. And of course, Europe watches what's happening here. Mm-hmm. We watch what's happening in Asia. And um, Asia watch, watches what's happening here. In several, uh, for several of the uh, variants that have emerged uh, across the pandemic, they emerged first in other countries and then you know, spread around the world. Mm-hmm. There were a few that emerged here in the U.S. and um, and didn't get too much traction, but everyone was watching those. So this is really uh, infectious disease is a global concern, and so all of us in public health, um, really in countries around the world, are watching the global situation as well as our own situations in our own countries. I have a question here from a listener who says that how do how do you all determine who should be quote fully vaccinated as opposed to, you know, just getting booster shots. It's confusing, Rose, is what the listener says. Yeah, and I I know it has been confusing. We have been, um, things have moved so quickly during the pandemic. And uh, I do hope that we're getting to, we all hope that we're getting to a place where um, we're not going to need to be changing recommendations as as frequently Mm -hmm. as we have. But right now, it's really quite simple. Um, CDC recommends that everyone ages six months and older should have gotten their uh, vaccination for Mm COVID-19, their their primary series. And then everyone five years and older should also get an updated COVID-19 booster if they're eligible for it. Mm -hmm. And they're eligible typically if two months have passed since their last booster. So it's it's simpler than it used to be. Um, If you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you're eligible for an updated booster, get the updated booster. And then there was there's a booster and then there was another booster. So I want to be very clear. How many booster shots then are you recommending if you've had the initial vaccination? Now, yeah, we're recommending that the updated booster, this is the the um, we call it bivalent, includes both the original um, the original strain and then the more recent Omicron um, subvariants that were called BA.4 and BA.5. It includes both of those. And that updated booster can both help to restore protection that has waned since a person's last shot, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. And it can also provide broader protection against new variants. So what we're recommending is that if you haven't been vaccinated at all, get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. If you have been vaccinated, get the updated booster. When you talk about new variants, because I remember when Delta was the variant that everybody talked about, then it was Omicron, that was the variant, then it was a subvariant of that. And look, all the experts have said, you know, there is likely there always will be a new variant coming on board with these vaccines. Can you understand folks saying, well, you know, if there's going to be a new variant coming on, are you all going to keep saying that we have to get more, more booster shots? Because a variant comes can come any any time. You can understand that concern. I can understand the concern. I also think that part of being in a different place now is that um, we have the experience where the vaccines have protected quite well against medically significant illness, hospitalization um, throughout. And they have gone up and down to some extent with Mm -hmm. new variants, but throughout they have protected against whatever variant was circulating. So um, I, I... um, I, I hope that we will at, be at a point soon where it's mm-hmm. a really just a regular 
um, you know, re a regular annual shot. We don't know that for sure yet, mm -hmm. but I think we can say with with confidence at this point, based on uh, almost uh, two years of ex experience with these vaccines, that what has been consistently true throughout is that they've protected people very well against serious illness, hospitalization, and that's really what matters most. I want to uh, shift for a moment, Dr. Mann, and talk about uh, long-haul COVID. I, I remember doing a study, uh, not study, doing a segment on this, some, I think last year, year before, where we talked about, you know, the fog that comes with after COVID-19 and now concerns about those who, who took the, the antiviral drug and then with a few days after being infected with the virus were less likely to experience what you all call long COVID months later. This is a study. Can, can you just kind of, it, it was a little bit confusing for a lot of folks. Can you just kind of take people through what this is all about when we talk about long COVID? Yeah, sure. I can try. So um, with, uh, after COVID, um, some people have experienced um, a variety of um, health concerns um, and um, among those concerns is what, what is often uh, called long COVID, which is the sort of chronic fatigue, um, brain fog. And um, we are studying that very intensely um, uh, across the US government. NIH has studies, um, CDC has studies. We're really, um, uh, really prioritizing trying to understand um, that um, syndrome as, as best we can, and to understand most importantly, what can be done to prevent it and to treat it. Um, information, we're still learning a lot about it, mm -hmm. um, but what we know at this point is that um, people who are vaccinated are less likely to get COVID and less likely to get long COVID. Sure. There's some information suggesting that people who have had COVID who get vaccinated are also less likely to get long COVID or their long COVID may improve. And there's also information that people who are treated with the, the drug called Paxlovid after they have um, developed COVID are less likely to get long COVID. So both the, the, um, the messages I was um, giving you in our response to some of your early questions apply here too, that getting vaccinated and getting treated is really important. I used to always ask, and Dr. Carlos Del Rio was on this program. We've had some other wonderful experts from Emory and Georgia State. And I, I used to always ask them, you know, what is it about this particular COVID-19, this particular virus that is still perplexing to, to folks like you all? And you'll get that same question, too. Uh, throughout all of this, is there something that's still just for you that, that is, is challenging with this virus? There are, um, I think there are quite a number of really fascinating questions. I think for me, the questions that really affect people's lives are the questions that matter most. Mm -hmm. The questions about long COVID, post-COVID conditions, how much of a burden that's going to place on people for the very long term, I think is a super important question. Um, we will, um, begin, a lot more information is going to become available, is going to be coming available about that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what that information tells us. I want to go back to something when we started this conversation, because I was fascinated by this EIS. I wanted to know more, more about this, the CDC's Epidemic Intelligence Service. What is that about? The Epidemic Intelligence Service has been around for decades. It's the it's a CDC program that trains um, mostly doctoral level people, but also people from other backgrounds 
in what we call field epidemiology. Mm -hmm. So it's outbreak investigation and really where the uh, shoe leather public health, where, um, you know, uh, we're, it's not academic. It's about um, actually doing the practical work to understand the real problems that are um, facing people, um, you know, today. Mm -hmm. So uh, field epidemiology training program, super fun. When I was an EIS officer, I um, got to, among other things, uh, learn. Uh, I, I used to joke that I was, I knew more about alpha alpha sprouts than any other pediatrician in America because <laughs> I had investigated an outbreak linked to alpha alpha sprouts. For our listeners who do have the little ones, and we've been talking with a, 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 someone who works in your field from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, who's also been stressing to parents to get their, their kids vaccinated. What kind of conversations do you have with parents and the questions that they still may have about the vaccine for kids? You know, I think that, um, you know, parents have, um, the parents have had a lot of questions. I think parents generally trust their pediatrician and their healthcare provider to give them the right information. And I really encourage parents, you know, to, to have that conversation with their healthcare provider um, who can answer their specific questions for their child. Um, we do recommend mm -hmm. um, COVID vaccination for uh, all children um, uh, over um, six months old. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, COVID has not been as severe in um, children as it has been in older, older people, but it can and does cause severe illness in young children and vaccination really can protect them. And finally, Dr. Mann, as we begin to wrap up, and I love asking this question too, you know, what, what is your hope where we will be maybe at the end of 2023? And, and I bring you back on the program and we talk about what 2023 brought in terms of COVID-19. What is your hope where we'll be? Well, I hope that we're going to be in a place where we're using all the tools that we've developed um, for uh, during the pandemic for COVID-19 um, to control COVID-19 and applying lessons learned for other respiratory viruses. And also that uh, our society is um, back more toward a place where people don't feel so scared and don't feel so confused and things just feel a little bit more uh, feel a little bit more normal to uh, to kids and to their parents and to everybody. Oh, you know what? I have one more question. And I try to get all the questions in for my listeners. I have a listener that wants to know, can't you all just give another sort of national warning to, for folks to wear their mask, even if it's not a mandate so we can get through the winter? <laughs> yeah, it's a really good point. And we have been stressing that this is an option that people have. Um and um, we know that, for, you know, we have good science showing that masks protect people for COVID and for flu. And it makes sense that it would protect people for other respiratory viruses as well. So we definitely are encouraging people to think about uh, using a mask um, if they uh, want, you know, certainly if they're not feeling well, if they want to protect themselves from respiratory viruses, it is an option that's available to them. Now, I imagine that there will be a lot of folks at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the UGA uh, playoff game. I don't know if folks will be wearing masks, but that is a huge gathering. If you wanted to stress something to everyone who's going, and not just the, the game, because I'll get an email, but, you know, New Year's Eve parties, what have you, what do you want to stress as we say goodbye? Well, I think it's important for people to just be thinking about these issues, um, thinking about their own level of risk, thinking about the level of risk of their household members and their loved ones and just be making uh, good decisions for themselves about 
how they, um, what makes sense for them to protect themselves and to protect the important people in their lives. Dr. Barbara Mann, Deputy Chief of the Enteric Disease Epidemiology Branch at the CDC. Really appreciate you taking the time with this valuable information for our listeners. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Thank you. And conversations like the one you just heard, very important conversations that you hear every day here on Closer Look and obviously with other shows and programs that you enjoy. We are in our final hours of the year-end fundraiser where we're giving away a $1,000 Delta Airlines gift card. You're being entered into the drawing with your year-end gift right now at wabe.org slash donate. And I'm joined by Raul Bali, our politics team, because we've already at least know some people are going to be entered in that drawing, right? Absolutely. Some of those people are Sharon from Tucker, who who tells us that she's been meaning to, 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 to give and... This became the perfect time. And then Dawn from Carrollton, who donates, and she tells us she listens to WABE whenever she's here around Atlanta. And so she gave today. So thanks to her, thanks to both of them for just taking those few minutes, maybe just two and a half minutes, three minutes, mm-hmm. to donate at WABE.org slash donate or give us a call. 678-553-9090. That is the old-fashioned way. But you know what? We'll walk you through it. And remember now, when you enter, and also, if you're listening in the 7 o'clock broadcast, rebroadcast, don't worry. We got you. You're in it, too. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. And if you want to make sure this is on the up and up, because that's what we do as journalists, we encourage that. Just visit wabe.org slash contest rules. I cannot win. Raul cannot win. So just letting y'all know. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you so much to everyone who's donated during this live broadcast of Closer Look. And as well, Raul Bali, as always, I appreciate you hanging out. You didn't bring any donuts this time, but that's all right. Well, I came straight from the Capitol, like right out of here. You know how many donut shops there are in between the Capitol and WABE, brother? Do you know how bad traffic is in the middle of the day here? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Our producers are LaShawn Hudson, Daniel Rezell, Pat St. Clair, our engineer is Kevin Rinker. Reminder, let me know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And I am not a Kansas the band hater. I think they're wonderful. They still only have two and a half hits. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. Maybe three and a half. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.